There we go. That's the Warriors done. We move on to the next club now, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. A bit of an interesting one here. And look, they've come out really well, in my opinion. I thought compared to the other teams in the comp, they've looked quite good, um, especially who they're up against. So what are your thoughts about the Bulldogs going into this season? No. They... They're not going to make the eight. The I don't think you can just sprinkle a bit of magic dust on on something and hope it's going to be good all year. I think hmm. that you know, I, uh, there's something about their roster that's still a bit out of balance to me. Um, have you noticed Josh Arrowcar doesn't look quite the same player already? Well, well that's because he's not getting as much ball. Yeah. He's not getting as much clear ball, clean ball. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I. They remind me of the Broncos a little bit. Just because you made a few signings doesn't mean you're all of a sudden going to become a top eight team. Even if you are a top eight team, you're only halfway up the ladder. Like, come on! Like, just because you've finished halfway up the ladder. If you look at last year's top eight, did anybody seriously think anybody from five to eight was going to win the competition? <laughs> they were all they were awful last year, some of those mm. teams. And I don't even see Canterbury making the eight. Have they improved? Yes, they have. Are they easy beats? No, they're not. But the way Melbourne dismantled them last week needs to be a massive cause for concern mm. in the in the Bulldogs organization. Um, if I was Trent Barrett, I'd be a little bit worried about my job security in the next few weeks. His mm. coaching record isn't great. He's not got a track record. People used to give him credit. I, f- I feel horrible saying this because the guy I call my Aussie dad mm. is linked with Trent Barrett from time at St. Gregory's, right? So... <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking about someone who is one step away, and you know, and I've got no doubt is a sensational bloke. But hmm. talking from the the coaching uh, career and coaching analysis perspective, you've got a coach with a real poor winning record who has just lost a game forty something nil. Nil. That's, you know, nil. It's not like it was 40-something, 22. It was nil. Hmm. And they look devoid of attacking ideas. The chinks in the armour are already starting to appear in somebody like Matt Burton in the halves. Um, yeah, I I fail to get excited for the Bron- to the Bulldogs. I didn't get excited about the Bulldogs at the start of the season. I still think they've got a long way to go. Well, that's because you can't turn a basket case of a club into a... If you could turn a basket case of a club into a top eight, then everybody would be doing it. Like, it's there's a lot of work to do. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh there calling the basket case, but there has been a lot of problems at the Bulldogs, and I don't think a couple of flashy signings is necessarily the answer. I do think what they've signed for the year after, when you add that on top, then we could be talking about 
top eight. Um, and again, I mean, hasn't this got Gus Gould's fingerprints all over it? Look at the size of that losses column. It's massive. There mm. are at least at least fifteen players on that list. So I can massive. tell. I can tell. I can tell just by the size of the font you've had to use. Yeah, I've had to <laughs> get the font right down and tell you that there was hard work. Yeah, yeah, hard yeah, work. yeah, 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 yeah. When I when I looked at the website to find out how many players they actually had lost, I was scrolling down for a while. Um, so yeah, it was very tough trying to fit all that in there. But that is all the players that they've lost this year. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that in a second, though. We'll talk about the signings first. Um, Josh Adokar. Now we talked, we touched on him just before. We know that he's not getting that much ball on the wing. And, and yes, well, he's not as flashy, but I think that's also because he's left a, a team like the Melbourne Storm, who are a very successful team in the competition. That's just a no-brainer. Uh, and the quality of football that Melbourne play is just next level. So I think leap, going from a top two side to the team like the Bulldogs is a big change for a player. So I think it's not only the fact that he's not getting as much ball, but it's he's at a totally different club now. And it was a totally different situation as well. He's they're trying to they're a club trying to become successful again. So, look, I, I don't know. I feel like Josh Adokar is a bit of a weird one. It's almost as if he's turned from this flashy, awesome player that we all look up to to this leader, this leader in the club, the motivation guy, the guy that's standing yeah. on the sideline yelling at his yeah. boys what to do. We've seen it. So. Yeah, for me, look, I don't mind Josh Adokar. I feel like he's had that, to change the player he is at, uh, to sort of get that role. Your synopsis there tells you everything you need to know about why the Bulldogs have got a long way to go. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's obvious. And... Buzz Rothfield got in a bit of trouble, didn't he? He mentioned drones or something the other week. and But journalists can't, especially in Australia, they can't just write rubbish. Um, they can write things that, and they do write things that aren't always quite perfectly true, but there's no smoke without fire. And Buzz went on the front foot the other week and said that things aren't quite right at the dogs in terms of training methods and all that. And the, the, the drones was brought out as some kind of example of that. That tells you all you need to know about the journey that the dogs have got to take. Hmm. They've got to go from being this club that I know people that have been at the Bulldogs, right? Hmm. And I can tell you exclusively on Big Les's League podcast, the the problems at that club are far deeper than getting a few signings and hoping that it's just going to turn your foot make your football team better. Mm. If there is somebody who can pull it all together, all the personalities off the field, by off the field I'm talking about, you, you, I, don't, I don't even need to tell you I'm talking about. You can just imagine, right? Yeah. The board members, the investors, the past, the old boys. You talk about the Brisbane Boys Old Boys Network. What about the Bulldogs Old Boys Network, right? Mm. The power that they've got. If there's one person who can bring that all together and pull that all together and get everyone singing off the same hymn sheet, it would be Gus Gould. 
because that's the kind of thing he did at Penrith. When he was at Penrith, he was taking over a bit of a basket case. The year he took over, I actually coached the team that finished the highest at the club. My Harold Matthews team finished higher out of anybody at that club. Right? And we finished something like fifth in the comp. Penrith. And he came in, and all of a sudden, all power went to Gus. Everyone else was insignificant. All the arguments that all power went to Gus. Whether he's been given that same hand at Bulldogs hasn't been announced. I just can't see Gus going anywhere without having that kind of control. Mm. Um, And there's so much that needs to be pulled together. Kudos to Gus here. He's obviously getting rid of some players that he doesn't think fits that fits that mould um, and bringing in others that that might. But yeah, it's there's a lot of work to do, an awful lot of work to do for the dogs. Well, you look at some of their other signings as well. Uh, they're definitely on the right track. You've obviously got Matt Burton, yeah. who looks unreal at, in six. I think that he's been a great signing for them. I think if there's one player the most that stands out of that squad, it has to be Matt Burton because he's really looking good at, in that six jersey there. I totally agree, and he's got he got some good plaudits. But if you'd also notice now that people are starting to pull pull apart a few things now, and it's looking a bit disjointed, that's because there's a cat and mouse every week, right? There's a cat and mouse every week. So uh, Bulldogs win a couple of games or win a game. And they go, right, what are they doing? Well, we've got the Bulldogs next week. All right, we'll look at that. And then, all right, you you know, Matt Burton's good at this, he's good at that, but he's a bit weak there, he's a bit weak there. You know the kind of thought that goes in, and I do this with all my teams too, and I'm not linking this to Matt Burton at all, but it only takes a game or two to see a pattern whether a player isn't a strong tackler on one shoulder or if he's a weaker kicker in one direction or a weaker passer in another direction. So there's so many things you can do to nullify the effects of a team. So I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but quite often if you kick right, the opposition have to run out with their left palm, their left shoulder, or passing left to right. Bear in mind that 94% of the world is right-handed. Statistically, that's quite a good decision. You can strangle the opposition for metres just by kicking to that side of the field. There are also players that are more likely to lose the ball if they get the ball on that side of the field, so on and so forth. There are tacklers that if you step onto one of their shoulders, so like they might be a good right shoulder tackler, but left side shoulder tackle, there will be players that statistically every five or ten tackles are likely to miss one on the wrong shoulder. And this is what happens in the NRL, and that's why you get players who look good for a couple of rounds or teams. Then all of a sudden, the chinks are found. The chinks are found, and then it's up to that player and that team to find another level again. And that sorts the wheat from the chaff, mate. This is Matt Burton's challenge now. I really rate him as a footballer. One of his strengths at Penrith was his versatility. If he went into the centres, he was a damn good centre. Was he the best centre, though? Not really. If, If he went in the halves, he is a damn good half, but was he the best half? Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. Matt Burton to me is the ultimate number fourteen. He's brilliant. 
But now he's holding a team. He's holding the hopes of a team a bit. That is a completely different mindset. Completely different mindset. And now his challenge as a footballer starts. So he's done some really good things. Some of his kicking has been exceptional. Like some of the distances he's reached and the things he's done with the ball. Mm. If, if it was just about those kind of things, then there'd be a, there'd be a lot of touch players who'd be winning NRL premierships. And um, there's a there's a lot more there's a lot more to it. And uh, I agree with you. He's exciting, but it's it's a different challenge. You also talked about leadership and Josh Adelcar. I mean, surely somebody like Matt Burton, having come from a premiership team, can offer some of that leadership too. Yeah, very interesting. I think those two are definitely the standout recruits. Obviously, Max King as well, been great off the bench as a forward. Um, Hey, for me, looks really good off the bench. He's definitely been one of their best impact forwards off the bench. Um, And that's a big call, but... you look at the other guys that are on the bench with him, you can't really disagree. I think that he's been unreal. Um, Brett Naden as well. He hasn't played much, many games, but you can see that him and Adokar are the larrikins of the training. Um, we saw the video come out, and I think that's a good little contrast. You talked about club guys with the Warriors. I think that this guy would be great to have around the camp. Um, yep. Obviously, Matt Dufty, I think, is a big one as well. He has stood out as well at fullback for the Dogs. I think didn't he, he get didn't he get dropped or something though? What no. what or arrested or something? What? No. What I, was I, the, what was the talk about Dufty? What there was something about Dufty this week I heard on the Matty John show. I don't think. Or so. am I think? Or am I thinking of someone else? You might be thinking of someone else. It was Albert Kelly and, and Payne Haas that got into a bit of trouble. No, um, I know that. I'm t- I'm talking about Bulldogs and. Oh no no! I tell you, I'm mixing it up with my apologies. Yeah. I'm mixing it up with the dragons because there was, yeah. and that's where I've got the Dufty link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Forget that. I mean, don't edit it out because it just shows everyone that yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about after time. <laughs> so keep it in. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, t- I told you about Dufty, didn't I? When we we're talking about the dragons, that put it this way, I, I'd hold more sway on what Anthony Griffin thought of a player than Trent Barrett. Hmm. Yeah. Um, That's all I'll say on the matter. There you go. Uh, I, I do like, just talking on Matt Dufty, I do like what he's done over at the, at the club, at the Bulldogs. I think he's brought a lot of flair. And it just, it makes Trent Barrett's job a little bit easier knowing that he that he's going to get the same thing from Matt Dufty each week. I, un- I understand that. How many tries did he score against Melbourne last week? <laughs> yeah. And how many, how, many, how many did they concede? Yeah. Fair. Fair. Would they would they be a better team if they had a good defensive fullback? I, I understand I understand what you're saying, but we were talking about before. I think that still the Bulldogs do have a long way to go, um, and yeah, I understand that they would go much better if they did have a good defensive fullback. But I think that Matt Dufty offers so much more. Um, not we're not talking about defense at all. More so in attack, he's more of an attacking fullback. Um, but look, I agree. I agree, and I'm not getting into argument. I'm not arguing. With what yeah. I'm saying is though that the game is about offense and defense. Yeah, and the Bulldogs leaked far too many points last week and didn't score any. Yeah. So the the other thing is, 
I keep coming back to it, but the coach's attack. I remember two years ago, everyone was praising Penrith for their attack and saying Trent Barrett was the man who, who made their attack what it was. Well, Trent Barrett leaving to go to the Dogs didn't seem to affect Penrith's attack when they went and won the Premiership. Yet, we've never been talking about the, the Bulldogs' attack. And they seem to play within the tram lines a bit too much, the two mm. scrum lines. That's probably why Josh Adokar doesn't get the same amount of ball and the same quality or the same quality of ball than he used to. Um, you know, you can't just get players and put them on the field and hope that you're just going to get more points. You, it's all about the system and the people who are in the system and the, the, the ebb and the flow of the system. And, and although I don't disagree with anything you've said about Matt Dufty, Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I just think that they obviously need more, either around that Dufty, or they need a better somebody better to organise a defence. You know, organising a defence is half the battle. Like. Yeah. I don't know how many of your listeners are soccer fans, but a good goalkeeper, if he organises his defenders, tells them where to be, the good goalkeeper can play with a bloody dinner suit on because they do all the defending for him. A good fullback is exactly the same. You organise your defence, you scream at them, you get your ABCs tight, you check people who are turning the hips in when they shouldn't or whatever it may be. You get the spacings right. You get the defensive split so that there's always five and five to play the ball in the middle or three and seven, whatever. That is so much of the battle, mate. You, 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 if, I've won premierships as a coach or got to grand finals with fullbacks who couldn't burst a paper bag running, but they organised my defence so well that that just overrode everything. Mm. <laughs> you know, as long as he could catch a ball and run that way with it, mm. if he could organise a defence, that was two-thirds of the battle. Yeah. You know, when you look at the Bulldogs, and, and what happens is if your defence keeps getting breached because it's not organised well, and if there's passive tackle after passive tackle after passive tackle or line break after line break, that soon becomes try after try. And if you're 12-0 down, no matter how good an attacker you are, if the opposition have got momentum, yeah, it doesn't matter how good an attacker you are if you're picking the ball up from your own ten meter areas because the opposition have made ninety, and their momentum's in their way. And this is this is what I, this is what I keep saying, yep. and I will always hold Anthony Griffin's ability to read a player and a player's a player's ability on mm. both sides of the football higher than I will hold Trent Barrett. Yep. Um... As harsh as that sounds. Yeah, well, agreed. Um, I'll read out the rest of this signings column. If there's anyone that really stands out to you, uh, just yelp out. Um, but I've obviously got Paul Vaughan until 2022. Good player. Yeah, great player. Um, just needs Pang- to stay away from barbecues. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that, Lee. Um, Tavita Pangai Jr. here as well till 2022. Good player. Just needs to go to the right barber shops. Yeah. <laughs> um. Josh Cook obviously came from South, dummy half, probably one of the biggest dummy halves I've seen in a while. He's a big boy, um, but great player as well. Um, 
Braden Burns, 2022. He's been good in the centers for them. I feel like he's been unreal. Um, defense and attack, really. Uh, Braden Burns, I've liked what he's Solid, done. Yeah. Um, and then Reese Hoffman, who is a halfback, and he's been signed till 2022 as well. And his dad is, you know, um, uh, great surname, great rugby league surname, Hoffman. Mm. And, and acting surname, Dustin. But um, every one of them signings, I'm not criticising them for any of them signings. Mm. The only one that does worry me a bit is Matt Dufty, because like I said, I think he... I, I need to study what he's like as a defensive fullback, but mm. um, everything I've heard and read, but also everything I see in the lot in the in the against column of every team has been fullback yeah. for the the defense. So look at that losses column, mate. Good job I got my glasses on. Yeah, well that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna list them out to you. Um, I'll read them all out. Nick Maney, obviously to the Melbourne Storm from 2022. Will Hopawati, 2022 to St Helens. Um, you got Renafa Tony to the Sydney Roosters from 2022. Adam Elliott and Nick Kotrick back to well, Nick Kotrick back to Canberra, but Adam Elliott also joins him there at Canberra until 2022. Christian Crichton and Chris Smith off to the Penrith Panthers till 2022. Dylan Napa, Catalan's Dragons till 2022. Uh, and obviously his first game there, it wasn't the best for him. He did get sent off in his first game, uh, but we won't talk about that. Uh, John Asiata signed with the Lee Centurions until 2022, obviously with a bit of dramas. Um, Ophihiki Ogden, Sione Katoa, Watson Halita, Lachlan Lewis, Dean Britt, Bradley Dates, and Falakiko Manu have all been released. The one column, the one thing I want to make about this column is mm. that is the biggest column with ex Lee Addison players in. There you go. Will Opoati coached him at Manly. Adam Elliott, St. Gregory's College, and we're also actually really good mates. Hmm. Um, Dean Britt, St. Gregory's College. Brad Dietz, I coached him in a rep team, really rate him. Um, hmm. And Kiko Manu, Ipswich State High School. So, yeah, um, I don't think Gus should have got rid of any of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of bias that there from you, late. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a at big... least I admit my my biases, <laughs> rather than half the people you watch on TV or half these journals who've got somebody in their pocket and they're trying to keep them trying to keep them happy. There's a few little like, when you watch NRL three sixty, mm. take notice of what a certain journalist does every time Wayne Bennett's criticised. Mm. That's one example. See if you notice it. Yeah, on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Yeah, fair enough. I'll be I'll be right in then. And I think you'll find that he or his father, maybe, I can't remember, was really instrumental in doing something nice for said coach back in the 80s when he was the Canberra coach. And that that influences a lot. I'm not saying that this journalist is, is... his integrity is in question or anything like that. I really like him. I like listening to him. But this is what happens when, you know, on an RL360, you've got a player agent hosting the show. Mm. Haven't you? Yeah. Of course he's going to have the odd bias about things like this. Is the At least I admit my biases. Yeah. Fair <laughs> 
We'll credit you on that. We'll credit you on that, Lee. Um, off contract at the at June 1 and also at the end of the year, Matt Dory. He is a back rower for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Uh, he's in the side not frequently, but he does come off the bench in most games and he is quite a solid back rower. Uh, obviously, Dufty he does come off contract at the end of 2022. Um, Raymond for Taylor Mariner also comes off the uh, June 1. Uh, Reese Hoffman, Max King, Joe Stimson. Jack Stimmel's an over-ex Addison. Is he? There Protégé. you go. Yeah. Um, he was at the Melbourne Storm before coming over to the, the Bulldogs as well. Played in a grand final. There you go. The storm. That's it. Um, Can you get a better reference than that? Yeah, I know. Um, Jackson Depine. I have big rates on Jackson Depine. I think he don't mind him at all. Yeah, he is a freak. And in reserve grade the other week, I was reading uh, a post that this page had put out about all the players that played well uh, in New South Wales Cup. Uh, and this guy was there, Jackson Depine, and he had some pretty good stats. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but he had a fair, fair few line breaks and. Yeah, he had a big contribution in their most recent game, the Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Vaughan, he also comes off contract. He was only signed for a year. Uh, and then Brandon Wakeham also coming off the contract at the end of the year. He's been the most recent of the Bulldogs halfbacks. Now Kyle Flanagan gets a crack this week. Um, any any oh. one of those that really stands out to you? Can I talk about the Kyle Flanagan thing? Yeah, you can. What the hell's going on? Like, again, is this another example of somebody who played in the halves really not getting on with a half? Yeah. Um, so like a coach who played in the halves not getting on with a half. Like, I was listening to some of the analysis about him, you know, some saying he's thrown to the wolves and all this and the take on it that, you know, is a professional footballer, so he's got to take whatever opportunity he gets because they've got tough opposition coming up. But I just find the whole treatment of him shambolic. Um, and I'm talking about duty of care and mental health here more than mm. anything. And he's related to somebody else in our game. So let's just treat him with a modicum of respect. Like, what you know, I don't like the way. There's just something about it. I just don't like the way it's been handled. Mm. More, more because of what gets leaked to the media. Yeah. Um. And I assume he's off contract this year too, is he, Cal Flanagan? Well, Aussie I've signed. Got a, I've got a report here that I'll read out to you, and this one's going to be interesting. And I'm sure you'll have something to say about this one. Leeds Rhinos are reportedly interested in signing Kyle Flanagan as their halfback and his father, Shane, as their head coach. Where was this? This was on Clarkie's Rugby League column. And I... Uh, do you, you obviously follow it. Yeah. How reliable do you find Clarkie in that regard when he gets a tip? He only, he only puts out stuff that's reputable. He only puts out stuff yep. that's been confirmed. So... Mm. Um, yeah, he's quite reliable. Mm-hmm. Shane Flanagan, I think, his stocks are rising the more he talks about the game on Fox. Yeah. 
I think he's been an excellent analyst. The only thing that shits me about him is he was calling Herbie Farnworth Herbie Farnsworth last week. <laughs> Otherwise, his, anal- his anal- analysis has been excellent. It's been what a lot of our TV is lacking. Like He talks like a coach on the telly. Yeah. He kept talking last week out about how the two teams needed to build pressure, and that's what, to me, has been missing for so long from a lot of our discourse around the game, both on TV, on radio, or wherever else. And Cal Flanagan is a, is a good footballer. He just needs to be in the right environment. Right at the start of this Bulldogs analysis, I told you about the club and its issues and blah, 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 blah. I didn't dissect them. Because, uh, I don't know all of them. Mm. All I know is what I hear. I know people that have been at the dogs and I know that in the past decisions haven't always been a simple thing to make. And you can always tell the fabric of a club too and the way a club's traveling. Like a, mm. it's, they're always the last clubs to sign players and they end up signing what's left as opposed to signing early, you know. Um, Mm. And I just find the treatment of Flanagan and the the trial by media has had pretty disgusting, actually. There's a human being there. Am I right in thinking he broke down in tears in a press conference at one point? I think maybe. I think he got a bit of harsh treatment. The thing was, okay, so from what I remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when he was at the Roosters, um, he got dropped by Trent, and he does this with a lot of players. Yeah. Um, so they go under reserve grade, improve, and they come back better players. He's done it with heaps of players, so many players. Mm-hmm. I think he did it with Orbo mm-hmm. at one point uh, at the start mm-hmm. of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and his dad rang up Trent and was like, what's going on? Why is my son mm-hmm. not in the team? Mm-hmm. And there was a bit of an argument there, and then I think that Trent had had enough and said, look, mate, I, I I don't want to have to, you know, deal with your, deal with criticism every time that you're dropped. I, I don't know. I could be talking so much shit here that isn't true, but from that's just what I've heard. Um, if, that, if that's what did happen, I mean, it's pretty, pretty poor form from Shane Flanagan, really. Hmm. Um, you know, Kyle's his old man and, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 a bit like the Ash Taylor thing. I, I just, you know, what, what who, who was Kyle Flanagan harmed in the world? You know, like, yeah. You know, let the kid play. You know, yeah. coach him, encourage him, inspire him. That would be my take on it. Yeah, for um, sure. And he'll be a great signing for Leeds Rhinos. He'll be great in Super League. Yeah, if, they, if he does, it does end up going to Leeds, I reckon he'll be a great signing for them and his dad will be a great signing uh, as the coach. But I've got him here as my one of my key players because I think that, and this is my take, when he was at the Roosters, obviously he had Kiri, Tedesco, Manu, all these talented players, Radley, the list goes on and on, Cordner, Friend at that time as well just before Cooper Cronk came in, I thought he was unreal. I thought mm. he was unreal because he had that talent around him and, and he just had to do his job each week to look really mm. good. 
as soon as he went to the dogs before, obviously they've got all these guys in this left-hand column. He didn't have that around him. He didn't have the talent and stuff around him. Mm. So he was doing his job, but not many players around him were doing their job and it made him look bad. Mm. When the team doesn't perform well, the halfback generally gets the blame. Mm. I think that's what happened to Carl. I think that's why he ended up getting dropped uh, by Trent halfway through last year. It was just because the team wasn't going well and it got put on Carl. And that's fine. Yeah. Again, I would hold Trent Robinson's opinion on football and footballers really highly. Yep. I think he seriously knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, if the media decide to turn that into something, mm-hmm. that's their prerogative. Same thing with Flanagan as well and his dad. I don't know this for certain, but do you not think the whole peptide scandal, do you not think that his dad might have fallen out with some people along the way over that as well? Yeah, I mean... And that could be influencing people in the media and blah, 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 mm. you know. And that's unfair on Cal Flanagan. Yeah. Um, and I don't know Cal Flanagan. I don't know if, you know, he, he might be the worst bloke in the world. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but but all we can talk about is what we see. And, um, yeah, go to Leeds, mate, if you get the chance for your dad and change that club for the better. Yeah, for sure. Well, we've talked about Dufty, we talked about Kyle, talked about Burton at O'Car. Before we finish up, what are your thoughts on Josh Jackson so far this season? I love him. If he was a woman, I'd marry him. <laughs> he is an awesome footballer. Always loved him. You get the same thing out of him every week. My man, Adam Elliott, described him as being like a Navy SEAL in preparation. He is the ultimate professional, ultimate um worker on his body so that he's ready every week and if the Bulldogs had 17 Josh Jacksons they wouldn't score that many tries but they wouldn't concede many either yep there you go there you go ladies and gentlemen that is your episode 6 of the halftime chat those are your analysis of the Bulldogs. Analyses. Analyses. Analyses, analyses yeah. of the Bulldogs and the Warriors. What have we got left? What teams mate? have we got left? What teams have we got left? I'll show you. Well, next week, we're going to be doing the Manly Seagulls and the Newcastle Knights. That's going to be a very interesting one. After that, we've got Penrith, and then that's it. And that's okay. it. Can we try and knock all three off at once? Because I'm going on the road, aren't I? I'm going, I'm going um, Melbourne to do a two-day clinic. Yep. I'm going to Sydney to do a three-day clinic. Maybe we should do it in person. Mm. Maybe we should record in person, Big Leslie. That'd be unreal. I've got the studio set up and everything. That'd be unreal. Yeah, all right. So that could be an option. Um, and, um, yeah, and then I'm in the UK, so good luck getting a time to line up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, well, there you go, Lee. We've got Manly. Newcastle and Penrith in the next episode, guys. Thank you again for joining Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend. Lee, anything you'd like to say before we wrap this one up? You've saved two of my old clubs to last. There you go. Don't we always save the best for last? Don't we always save the best for last, Lee? Did you hear me say they were the best? 
<laughs> Take care, lad. One, two, three.